This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Blue Apron. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers the fresh ingredients you need to create home-cooked meals. Get your first two meals for free at BlueApron.com slash BadChristian. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Joey. Yes. <clears throat> right on. Get right to it, Joey. Keep going. It's the Bad Christian Podcast. It's the Bad Christian Podcast. Why do you have to do the hand motions while you beatbox? You got to get into character, man. I take this job serious. Man, you look, you look, you look rested. You look rested. You look relaxed. You look chill. You look, I mean, you look great. Oh, yeah. I'm a new man. Well, your, your sabbatical is officially over, right? Well, I had, do you know how much time I had to, <laughs> I'm sorry. Keep, keep Go going. ahead and say what no, you were going to say. I... Don't hold back from our, no, don't hold back from our millions of <laughs> listeners what you were getting ready to say. It was just a dumb, dumb, dumb joke. So no, I. Just make nope. it. Just make it. I want to hear it. It's, it now the suspense yeah, is killing Joey me. always stops himself and doesn't want to yeah, make yeah, right. yeah, dumb, yeah. Dumb So anyway, I am rested. Uh, Toby, I appreciate what you've done for me. The rest of James Island staff. I can't, I can't wait to get a personalized Seacoast card from you. It says, Joey is the master of sending people cards, handwritten cards. It's, all, it's really funny. Somebody let us borrow a stool. Is that like for, like a pastor hack? Yes. Like a, a make people hack. feel loved I hack. think it's a Joey hack. Yeah, yeah, but somebody let us borrow a stool, uh-huh. just a stool for Sunday morning. And Joey said, hey, man, I really think you should. Well, the, he, he texted me and told me I should really Write make sure I send them a, a, a personalized <laughs> card. So I did. Really? Yeah, I bet it I works it. for whatever that's worth in the long run. I'm sure that I really means so, something. I think so, but I don't know. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I actually think it does. Well, I, I'll, I'll let you get back to whatever it was you're saying, but that's not actually true because I want to interrupt because I'm telling you what, that's one thing I've never been able to get my head around whatsoever is cards and thank you cards. And what that is to me, thank you cards are almost the weirdest possible thing that I have no personal understanding of why they are. And it almost creates this loop where uh, I'm, my wife's always saying, well, you got to send a thank you card. I'm like, for right. what? They're like, well, they gave a present to our daughter for her birthday. I'm like, yeah, but they gave us a present. And then now we have to send a thank you card. And then it almost gets to the point where you feel like, well, you better send them a thank you card for sending the thank yeah. you card. I mean, we're almost to that point. Like, there's all these formalities. I I, I agree with you. I don't get the thanking people for gifts thing. Like, for me, it's just like, if I give you a gift, you can say thank you right then and there, and I really don't want you to have to take the time to actually, you know, write a thank you letter. But I do actually think, personally, uh, a thank you letter is, you know, for for doing something or for being there or just like an expression. It's just written expression of appreciation. I know... That to you, Matt Carter, is white noise, but, the, but to many people, it means something. It too. is. <laughs> yeah, like I, I've got, yeah, well, yeah, that's right. My premise is I've gotten, th- if I get a thank you card in the mail, I open it up, I go, oh, somebody sent me something. I open it up and it's just, oh, it's a piece of paper with something and it's a thank you card for, I barely can, it's already in the trash can before I can even see what it was for. Right. It means nothing to me. And here's what I think is kind of jerky on the other hand. There are tons of people out there all the time that are literally thinking they check the mail and they're like, I didn't even get a thank you card for oh. you fill in the blank. Right. Like think of how, like how 
I'm, I don't know, but what I'm saying right. is I think the way that I am is good because I promise you there's never been a moment in my life where I was anticipating a thank you card. Right. So I think that's good of me. That's all I'm saying. Like, isn't my way better? Because I've often wondered, and people have uh, often informed me that I was a jerk for not sending one. No. Not sending a thank you card. But I think, wouldn't the nice disposition be, trust me, no matter what I've ever given you, no matter what I've ever done for you, thank you card not needed. Yeah, I don't yeah. need one. Now, this also also this sounds really sexist, but if there were no women, would the idea of a thank you card ever have been invented? <laughs> no, probably not. Well, Joey, used, I, I understand they they could mean something, but the fact that there's obligation tied to them is a big deal. Well, it's Joey, a do, do you do more? You probably do more thank you cards than your wife Priscilla, right? Um, you think is she a big thank you card person? She she's definitely a letter writer for sure. Um, <laughs> I, I mean. She she likes to th- she likes to see like a cart. Neither of y'all can do an email worth of shit though. <laughs> like you can only do physical copy stuff, right? Well, imagine a Portlandia skit where they they get a thank you card and they write a thank you card back and they're on the seventh round of a thank you card for it's a thank insane. you card. Yeah. Like that's what it that's right. what it feels like to me in a way. But and I, on, on the other hand, I do understand the point of view. Like if sometimes like my mom, like people will say they'll say this passive aggressive thing. Like, well, I just wanted to make sure you got. Like they'll ask me. Did you get the so-and-so? Did you get this? Like a family member maybe sends us a gift or right. ch- kids call right. or something. And then at some point, a month later, like, I just I want to make sure you got it. Did oh, you get it? Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, does that mean I should have? Like, I've obviously dropped the ball. Right. Right. That's passive-aggressive <laughs> language. Like, yes. Did you get the That so- happens to whatever. us all the time. Jess always makes me to call my parents and say, hey, I just wanted you to know that I received in the mail. Right. I should do your, that. I agree that a phone call would be in order. Like, no, Whatever, but I'm but saying I don't even think that is. It kind of shouldn't be because you don't really. Hey, the mean, thank you card. That's a the thank you card way. deal to me is on the same level of the mentality of, oh man, they got us something for Christmas. We, you know, we need to go out and go ahead and and get them something. Like it's just, it's like yep. once once your mind goes there, you totally lost any sort of meaning of giving or like an understanding yes. of what Christmas really is about. And if the friends That's that right. gave you that shit expect shit back, then they're not good. And it's not is the gift is not really the right, right thing. Exactly. It changes the premise of the gift. If there was something. Yeah. In, thank in you card makes me feel like I had to get that person a gift. <laughs> they got me a gift. So now I had to get, I had to give them something. At least a card. Essentially, or by hey, giving I'll, you a I'll gift, they also obligated right. you. Yeah, I'd rather not get anything. Yeah. Right. Hey, I'll say this. Don't I, give me. <laughs> I'm so oblivious to the concept of thank you cards. Like when I get a letter in the mail from someone yeah. and it's a thank you card, I'm seriously thinking, what in the world is this person writing me snail mail for? <laughs> like, I'm like, <laughs> I got to get into this envelope. I don't, I couldn't imagine what this person is writing me. From a letter in the mail. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, the shower. You know, oh, her kid's birthday party. I mean, it's just. Right. It's not. All right. So do you, uh, let's don't stay forever on your sabbatical. People that don't know, you've been on a sabbatical for what, four weeks? Or is it six uh, weeks? <laughs> it, it was <laughs> It was technically four weeks. But in, in the middle right? of those four weeks was a week of a conference where I didn't take. I didn't put that towards my sabbatical. Because you actually had, you felt like you were doing work <laughs> at a conference hanging out in Birmingham, Alabama, right? That was, that hey, was listen, work. Hey, listen, I, listen, listen, <laughs> right? I'm totally with you. Like they put my, you, listen. Like, wait, our church put up your, <laughs> you and your wife away from your kids for how many days? 
and you counted that as hours. <laughs> hey, hey, that listen. Now I know that ain't a sabbatical. <laughs> listen, I, I agree a hundred percent, man. I really do. And uh, my wife, and then someone else high up on the uh, ladder at, at church, I said, "Look, is." is this something that you would have to do for work if you weren't on sabbatical? And I'm like, well, yeah, it's, well, then it's kind of part of your job. So, <laughs> but I, I, yeah, well, it was, it was cool because they also didn't expect me to plug back in for a week. So I really was able to hang out at a conference with people I love and not have the connection with right. oh yeah my job back now, at home that toby's fumbling around with now also you hardly saw your kids for six weeks right you didn't even uh, that was like i don't give a shit no no like my, my sabbatical it's I a not... parenting sabbatical as well right you, you took to a be. parenting sabbatical basically uh, right yeah all but the first week where it was <laughs> well it was their spring break so we got to take them out on two trips but uh no i i would actually say so you didn't hang out with your kids for six no weeks. that's not true i was here for two. Oh, oh you know what else joey weeks. also told me he said he also took a uh sobriety sabbatical he did. From, yes. from sobriety. From, from sobriety. Right. right. So it's just oh, six yeah. week bender. So, also. yeah, I, I don't know if I spent time with my kids or not. Hey, I I did. Uh, I I got a massage. Uh, oh, no way. I would have never guessed that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Like, Priscilla really encouraged me to get it, and it sucked, man. You know, I used to get the best back massages in college from like a friend male or female why do you go Hell i mean yeah. seriously like there's this super european girl that i thought oh man she's got an accent she's probably going to be really good at rubbing this back and right. she it just was no good i mean i'd, I'd rather go to a car now could you have given her I, I don't understand i i guess i'll be honest here i've always been a little weirded out by massages like it, it's just that's that whole touch thing like i i think mm -hmm. i my love language is touch but other people touching me feels sometimes strange so massage weirds me out a little bit, um, kind of at least half naked in a room or whatever. feels a little weird to me. I know that's self-conscious or whatever, but do you, can you, you do have the right just to just tell the masseuse, Hey, you got to do way better or not. Like it, it, that's a really awkward position bizarre. To, to have your shirt off or pants off or whatever. And you have to go, Hey, you got to rub me harder yeah. or something. You know what I mean? Like that just feels like they, they, they have all the power. It's a bizarre situation yeah. for sure. Yeah. And but when you say when you say a massage sucks, you just mean it wasn't hard enough? Is that what a bad massage is? No, it could be too hard. Or too hard, I guess. Yeah, one but wasn't that's it, hard right? enough. And I just felt yeah, I just was like, This is this is ridiculous. There was no happy ending. <laughs> anyway. Hey, but I did um, want to ask I've got I've but, got a, a a few popcorn things. So first Hell yeah. I, I'm interested in the massage thing. Well, what was that? What was well, your thing? I wanted to ask you guys, like, first of all, when my wife scheduled them, she at, she said, hey, Joe, they're asking, do you want a male or female masseuse? And so I was immediately like, female. If this is a full body massage, no, I don't want a, a guy <laughs> rubbing me all over the place. Now, part of the problem. <laughs> part of the problem i mean it's not all over the place he, he strategically avoids certain spots of joyce Vincent's right body. now part of this i have to say that i have had when i went to the chiropractor for a whole year last year for my my year right. of health i did have one guy that uh was my masseuse and it just was a little weird the conversation was weird and so i had that in my mind as my only male experience so i, I was like no totally I, I want it to be a girl. And then I started to think like I am happily married, 
but I chose a woman to touch all over my body, not a guy. Right. And then I thought even further, and I talked to Priscilla about this. I was like, if if a really attractive woman like walked in as the masseuse, yeah, there's gotta be something inside of you that has to admit that's preferred. Than like a woman that comes in that's seventies and not attractive, or just in thirties and not attractive. I mean, seriously. And and then I was wondering what he was going to use for example, like overweight or ugly or troll face. He chose elderly. elderly. <laughs> Hello, sir. I'm here for your massage. I was wondering what he was going to use for the contrast from hot woman. He chose elderly. So so anyway, no. I, I am uh, I'm uncomfortable with that notion because I'm like. Like what? What does that mean? Like, does that mean that there's something sexual to it? Because I, I was telling Priscilla, I was like, no way in hell I would uh, have any interest in someone that's giving me a body massage. Did Priscilla care that you you chose a woman? No, no, she she no. Yeah. So the issue isn't that you're sexually attracted to females. It's just simply that you're a homophobe. <laughs> right. I mean, it's clear. I mean, that's it's not that nothing to do with the girl no, per se. I mean, I'm scared well, of me. Right. Well, look, look, <laughs> I have a homophobe. Look, look, looking back it. on this whole experience, I definitely think that I would rather gamble with a, a weird conversing male masseuse that can squeeze the hell out of you than a female that just in this case didn't have a whole lot of strength i know that's offensive to a lot of female masseuses out there you guys do it there's some yeah. strong ones out there i know of right. a couple of female masseuses they're just unbelievably yeah. Yeah, yeah. strong i've seen before sure. but here's my here's the only massage story or anecdote i can give you that may relate is my wife's roommate before we were married was a masseuse she was in school for it in fact so I'm not big on massages. I would probably never pay for one, for instance. But she was training and needed to give X amount of hours. So I would get massages from my wife, my girlfriend's roommate at yeah. the time. So one time she was training. I was at her apartment up on the table doing that. And this is my wife's roommate massaging me. And she's doing a leg thing somehow. I'm in my underwear. And no joke at all. She's massaging me. And her left pinky uh sticks and actually grabs my oh nutsack. you told us this before because <laughs> my because my because it was i just it was hanging really loose apparently that day i was very relaxed and she was just coming up on some thigh thing and all of a sudden her pinky caught the inside of my nutsack and we never spoke <laughs> you about never it. spoke no, of it we didn't talk about right. it at all and we just let it go it was super awkward but is that the right thing maybe it, it, it big wasn't deal, anything right? sexual but nonetheless right. my wife's roommate touched my nutsack right. and we never nobody ever spoke of it <laughs> did you did, did you have did you she have was any? just in training she just didn't know i guess how, she got too close did you think you should have mentioned it and no, say that's I okay know. i think it's or? just personally awkward but it was it, i thought it was you could have said something like it's that just is, a bag <laughs> Yeah, sure. All right, what's some more popcorn you got? <laughs> well, we were, Priscilla and I were walking in Asheville last week, and it was getting a, a little darker, and I'm telling you, I could not right. stop laughing. So there's a guy out there, and he's playing his guitar, you know, just kind of the hippie type yeah. sitting on the concrete. We uh we kind of ponder around in that area for a little bit, looking around, and then we decide to walk the other way. Ponder or wander? Uh, you're ponder pondering around, <laughs> thinking critically. <laughs> You're pondering around. I mean, I think it's wandering. Yeah, wandering around. around. I, I meant uh, like looking in the stores, peering into them or something. So anyway, yeah. we start walking back into the other direction, and the guy that was playing the guitar, he said, "Thanks for the support." And then I was like, "What?" <laughs> and then he said, 
assholes and he was serious and so because you didn't what yeah because we didn't give him money so i look at priscilla and we are dying and to make it even more unbearable from laughing in this guy's face he goes on this tangent of how he said i'm actually out here trying to make a living out of the music industry which is my love and my heart my passion i was like no way this guy is being serious but sure enough we we stood in his area for like a couple of minutes and so he felt like us not giving him something for that free music is worth calling everybody an asshole you should have explained to him the concept of pay what you want like we don't guilt trip the people that take the creative stuff that we put into the world that is so true but Matt, yet we dude. give them the opportunity you, you should have explained to him that that's what you do for a living is make and create art, and then let people pay what they want for it. No guilt trip attached. There you go. Amen, brother. Amen. And he just—he—he's just an amateur. You—you you actually have the platform to explain that. Did you? Was there anybody else around? Yes. And were, did did y'all actually stop and look at him and listen to his music, or were you not like actually? No, there we definitely present? were not listen. present. Right. Now I did make eye contact with him and nod my head because he was like looking at me. Oh yeah, that's a couple of dollars. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Sorry. Yeah, that. Yeah, you screwed. You screwed yourself on that. This is the worst one, especially with. Matt calling me out on using an older woman as uh, or an elderly woman for the less attractive. But this is this is going to make me worse. Visiting my grandma with the kids and she was telling me just how bad her arthritis had been getting. I mean, so bad to the point where she was having a hard time getting up in the morning. Right. So uh, she said, man, I'm feeling a lot better. And I was like, what did the doctor say? She said, well, he just said to take regular ibuprofen. I'm like, well, that's genius. That's just over the counter medicine. But what else are you going to tell an, an older woman? So, I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do, but listen to what she tells me. She says, uh, so this is helping right now, but I'm going to go back for a more permanent solution something that wouldn't be, you know, hurting my liver like ibuprofen and everything. All right, guys, this she is 93. <laughs> like I love I love my grandma, but I promise you if I was in her shoes, I'd be like, I don't give a shit what I put in my body. I don't care if my ibuprofen right. destroys my liver. Like what does that even mean? And here's the thing is like I guess if you're from her generation who survived the depression, you just see life differently. You see maybe I, I don't know. It's horrible. I would net I would feel so bad to say this to my grandma, but seriously, if I was in her shoes, I was just like, I wouldn't care. Toby, I heard you say, you know, you would you would smoke, yeah. you would drink, you would do whatever. Who cares? I'd rob yeah. a bank. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm gonna I mean, I'll get away with it, I hope. But if yeah. not, what I'm I so, die in prison. I probably don't have but a few right. days left anyway. So she said it was for health reasons. And I I mean, it's like, you know, the worst thing about your health is just you're so old. <laughs> I mean that's your that's your symptom. You can't do anything about it. <laughs> oh Lord. Like worse than like hurting your liver, you are old. Right. Yeah, I mean you your body, it, it's you? aged. Lastly, I have to say that I love my grandma. <laughs> so wait, hold on. This is a this is a really good thing here. She's ninety three years old. Yes. But I mean, she definitely wants to live and is active. Is this the grandma that lives by herself? Yeah. This is this is the one that is is uh, sharp as a tack. You know what I'm saying? She's just we're worried right. about her follow, falling. Where Mama Jean, she's the one who's lost her mind and she's okay physically though. She can 
yeah. super strong. So yeah, but it's really crazy. Like when I think I think about ninety three, yeah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> there's, there's no chemical <laughs> substance I would be like right. avoiding. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't in my try. 90s. Yeah, I mean, I'll try anything. Like, I'll 93. definitely go at least heroin. I, <laughs> right. I, oh of yeah, I, didn't, I avoided heroin my entire life. <laughs> I'm ninety. Yeah, come right. on. Man, if I can fix this ibuprofen thing, I got another good six months. <laughs> so, like, I mean, it's not like, hey, man, I quit smoking. I'm going to live for another 30 years. No, I got, I, I'd stop taking ibuprofen. I got an extra six months. <laughs> I reduced it from 500 milligrams to 200 milligrams. That'll give me seven or eight more hours yeah, down the road. <laughs> but what, But that's crazy. Because right now I'm not 93, so I'm, I'm yeah, making yeah. fun. But when yeah. I'm 93, I might try to keep living, I guess. Yeah, I will. always think I, w- I won't. Like, I think at 93, I'm like, shit, I got, I got lucky. I'm one of the lucky. When, I think anybody that makes it to 90 is one maybe lucky on a certain level. Yeah, but, I mean, your, your grandma is almost kind of an outlier because she is kind of still productive and contributing. I mean, she lives on her own. She does her thing. She's aware and all that stuff. That, that's that's kind of unique. Right. You know what I mean? Like your other grandma is younger and mentally not there. I know I'm not. I, I There's no chance I'll have any brain left at 80. They should really just revise the whole old folks home into like an actual just party unreal. Because yeah. you, you know they say that old and old folks homes people have right. sex a lot anyway. Right. They should just embrace that model and make totally. it like a just a. You come here <laughs> yeah. and there's drugs Man, and no, sex. No whole problem. It's, yeah. it's 80, you have to be at least 87 right. years old to get in. But if you get in, it's the wildest party place right. for the rest <laughs> of your life. Right. Guaranteed. That would be better than where I've seen my guys. Hey, so, so I'll be Matt, happy for the, them. The yes. assisted living home that we uh, would walk through and volunteer at, Toby and I, there's like this one couple and you start to notice, oh, yeah, they're, they're actually becoming really good friends. Well, that's awesome. In their later age, they've got a really close friend. Two weeks later, you're walking around and you see that they're sharing the same room and you're like, hey, these two get married. Yeah. Like, eh, they just decided, I mean, basically, they want to shack awesome. up, you know? I mean, <laughs> hey, what do we got to lose? You know, if you did that, yeah, yeah. Like, just, spring, yeah, it's just whatever goes old folks on. Charleston Spring Break Retirement Center. <laughs> it's spring Break. Yeah, right. <laughs> Permanent Spring Break is the name of the place. I, I mean, here's just, the thing. Why, not, what, is, why would you, as their, as their child... Like, if I send my dad, why wouldn't I send my dad to Spring Break Retirement right. Center for one year where he just slays, yeah, it's unbelievable, losing his mind, partying <laughs> unreal, but he dies. Yeah, or he dies after a couple of years. no yeah, fun, right, right. sad, he lives for three years. Yeah, right. Which one would dad rather? I think, Everybody. I, I mean, send me to Spring Break. Spring Break. <laughs> I don't want to, sure. why do I want to live in, love? oh, today, oh, meatloaf for lunch. Yay. Or do I want, Ethel, Ethel. I mean, seriously, that's what you got to have. That's a great, I mean, I, I think most people, you know what? That's going to be a thing that will happen because our our age group will want that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like think, think 30 years from now, Joey, Priscilla's gone. Kids are like She's trying gone. to figure out what to do. What 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 retirement home do you want to go to? Do you want to go sit and look at the sun and the plants, no. or or do you want lasers? <laughs> you <laughs> want you want ecstasy drugs? Right. Ecstasy I mean, just partying. Who knows what room you end up in that night? And that's just that's, that's your just life. the way it goes. Yeah. <laughs> you live the last nine months of your life. Uh, I mean, every nineteen-year-old <laughs> male would kill to live. Like, like be, would it be a selling point where you're like after admittance the average time they survive is 
the lower the number, the more outrageous the party would <laughs> right. be. Yeah. I mean, it would save I mean, money. It's be hey, unbelievable. You know, I had a friend in high school that had a band called <laughs> Death by Orgasm, and it, if you're at that age, and th- that would totally have to be the best way to go. If you're gonna right. die, die climaxing. You know. I never thought about that, but thank you, Pastor Joey. I mean, that's uh, <laughs> thank you for I'm your gonna, sabbatical. I'm gonna uh, tell my your wife reflections that. from your sabbatical have yeah. been unbelievable. I'm gonna like, tell- <laughs> we've been let's see how long you've been six weeks off. Come to the podcast. We've let you drive the whole way so far, and that's what you came up with. Yeah, yeah. You massage. Came up with female massages. Female or old people <laughs> massage. O- old folks liver. And what was the other one? I don't even remember. Uh, a home, you saw a homeless yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a, street, a street worker. You didn't tip so. a musician. <laughs> well, that's great, man. I, I'm glad you're back. It's really funny. This past Sunday, like, I wasn't at our church either. I, I was in Seattle, uh, which is really cool because – and not that I was gone, but it was it, our church was still totally fine. But what was really cool is I was gone. I've been in Seattle for about a week now, and uh, we got to work on new music. And me, Matt, Devin, and Dave ended up. I think we got nine new songs. Nice. We we, we were at Mike Herrera's studio over in Bremerton, which is unbelievable. It's called Mon- Monkey Trench. Yeah. It, go there. I promise you. Yeah. Let's let's. I'm yeah. let me pause Take you. There. I want there. you to get back what you're saying. But Mike Herrera from MXPX let us use his studio, and he didn't charge us any money at all, Dang. which I was prepared to pay anyway. But he asked me what I tell people about his studio, which I would be glad to do because it's amazing. So it's called Monkey Trench. Uh, you can go on Facebook and and find it. I don't know exactly the URL, but you can find stuff like that these days. That's the nice thing is right. you can just tell people find stuff. Anyway, Monkey Trench Studios in Bremer, Bremerton, Washington. For sure, if you're ever going to do anything creative, uh, write music, record music, it's a great studio, amazing place to get. That's what why we used it so we could I could leave and not be at home with my wife and kids while the guys right. were in town. So I used it as a getaway so I could be out of town without actually being out of town. But if you want to get your band or some stuff you're writing on songwriting, you should seriously go over there and hang out in Bremerton. It's a very inspirational, cool, quiet place to to do music. So thank you, Mike, for that. Yeah, we were able to get nine songs. It was just, it was a lot of fun. It's it's a really, it's, it's pretty cool because it's an old house that they have seriously put in a lot of cool stuff in there. I mean, there's a, I don't, I mean, I don't know how much money went into upfitting that house, but the studio is seriously legit. I mean, it is super cool, creative space. Very, very cool. So we were there, and then um, and we played two shows, and then our last show um, was we live streamed it, and it went over unbelievably. Crazy. Well. That was it, big. Did you see our live stream, Joe? I did not. Sorry. Do you know what I'm talking about? Or are you just sabbatical up? No, the I know exactly what you're you talking just, about. You're okay. So we did our live stream from. Seattle online with like we've been playing around with the camera equipment and stuff like that and it was awesome and the really cool thing about it is how big it did on Facebook like the numbers were massive like yeah. it's by far our biggest thing reach we've ever had the biggest numbers of anything we've ever done on Facebook and really just because it was a live Dang. event Facebook's really that's big awesome. on that so it's kind of really awesome right now because the stuff that's happening is exactly what I've been working on and now Facebook's into it so us working on this live stream and trying to figure that out like they prioritized it and they really blew up our show and let a ton of people see it. So it was a huge success. Yeah, it was awesome. Like amazing. And and I don't know if you saw this or not, but we put out a surprise album. Yes, I did see that did as that? well. I did. So so it's the whole thing's just been super crazy. But it was it was the wild thing about it was it was so it's so much work to do all that stuff from 
like getting the show together to doing the audio to having the surprise album ready to be marketed to th- like the video stuff alone of trying to figure out how to do video and text and the overlays and all that stuff was crazy. And there was a moment the other day where something really solidified for me while we were setting up for that show. So, Toby or Dave or somebody asked me, am I stressed? And the normal answer would have been like, I would have been very upset and very stressed because I would have been, you know, in, in most of the whole past, I would have been doing all those things like plugging right. in the XLRs to trying to figure out what the camera was. And Toby would be making jokes. Dave would be listening to Toby's jokes and Devin would be just eating supper. That was, that's what the, the past used to would look like. But this time, not only were those guys engaged, but we actually have a team kind of put together um, here with Reva, who is, does our engineering, and she's really learning the streaming thing. Um, her and I have been working on that a lot together. And then we had Brett doing sound. So we just said, all right, we'll pay him to get the audio right. Matt McDonald has helped set up the marketing and the setup for this uh, surprise album and all this stuff. So there was a moment trying to pull off this live stream and the tips and all this stuff where somebody asked me, was I stressed? And I was like, no, I'm I'm really not. But but I looked over at Reva and she was massively stressed (laughs) because they were having problems with the cameras. And I was like so happy that there was somebody else who actually personally was taking right. that burden and something solidified for me. And I think it's kind of the philosophy that I use for everything. And it's like, I don't know, I don't have this thought out yet, but the, the, the most valuable thing to me, and I think other people should realize too, is when you talk about investing and, or anything, there's nothing more valuable than human potential. Like there's nothing that is worth cultivating more than a human doing their own problem solving. Right. Like a human is so transcendent over its like value. So on one level, a human is a pile of chemicals. And then on level two, a human is a physical animal capable of doing work, like lifting bricks or moving something. Yeah. And then level three of that is a human is somebody that you can train and teach and motivate, and then they can accomplish stuff on their own. And I just, I, and I, I think if you think about anything, there's just nothing there's nothing worth more than than motivating and training people because what they can accomplish accomplish with their brain and consciousness and drive and determination is unbelievable. It's just crazy. Like you can't substitute that with money or any other resources. What a human actually is value. So really you're is. talking about how it benefits you, or you're just saying for the good of the world. Like is this like a humanistic? Well, for anything, I'm just saying. Like I, I looked at it, I audit some people that I have spent a little bit of time developing, and the return on it is unbelievable it's way more than a financial right. return like if you put if, you, if i invest money into a stock or a company yep. it might return you some money but i you know matt mcdonald runs bc music the marketing and stuff and all that and he does it by himself and i'm not saying i don't deserve credit for that other than we got we're in the same place we're working on the same thing and he's out there doing that and that's worth so much that he has the the vision to do it and the drive to do it right and what it winds up being worth is just crazy like he he can problem solve himself and so i didn't like this whole thing went off without a hitch and i didn't really do yeah. it and in the past I, I mean i would have done it and been stressed out and been limited but with the staff that we've been able to build it just like stuff can happen it makes me think how useful humans are and it's like like i was thinking about it like i think that's the future of the world because if you think about backwards like let's look back at like slavery let's say yeah so in slavery it seems like a terrible idea apart from the obvious moral horror that it is that you would take a human being and then say what they were worth is like how much stuff they could move or lift or do labor like right. I think with the possible future of technology and training and stuff like that, 
human's potential is going to be unreal because you can empower them with technology and training and these things. So like, what if Google, for instance, was allowed to own humans right now? Well, they wouldn't have them lift stuff. Like if Google was even allowed to and wanted to own humans, they would train them. Right. Make them. Right. Right. Right, You know what I mean? Like they would not say, build this building for me. They would say, let me train you. Right. Well, I think the obvious thing here, people go, Google shouldn't own people. Of course. I know know that's what you're saying. I know that's what you're saying. We want to clarify that. But. But I think you're right is I was listening to a podcast and Duncan Tressel was saying just that in the whole universe of all the universe, we don't know anything like a human. There is there, exactly. there is no energy. There is no uh, uh, potential or anything like that, like a human in the world that we've ever discovered. We'd, right. And so it is the most unique energy and potential yeah. in the entire world. So why? Would you abuse it? Right. Like, you That's know what I mean? That's exactly what I'm saying. Like you would take care of a diamond. If you found a diamond, you go, oh, right. I got to protect it. it's only worth what it's worth. Right, a diamond right. can't solve a problem exactly. or create so, something so new or more even more than that. Unbelievable. But, but the, the silly things that you would protect and take care of and yeah. treat really well, humans are way more. Like the, the it, no matter what. And so that, I think that's kind of what you're saying is that what we're, we're kind of coming to a point now where that, the, the human life hopefully maybe is even more valued. Like the what the potential and what it yeah. can do, what what a human can do for everybody is going to get more and more valuable. And right. we're, hopefully we're realizing that because otherwise it is dumb. If you're not cut out to just do something, why would you just uh, be forced to, into a, a – I think the problem is we, we view things now as, well, if you're not smart, well, then you end up doing manual labor. Yeah. If you're not good enough, well, you end up getting a shit job. That's – is a terrible way to look at it because some people are really cut out to be a plumber. Yeah, example, but, you know what uh, I mean? Yeah. And, and enjoy it. And that's what they need to do. So why wouldn't we empower them to be unbelievable plumbers yeah. and, and that'll help everybody or whatever it might be. It's not like a, it, it shouldn't be a knockdown if you really kick ass at working at McDonald's. Like the other day I went to McDonald's and the lady that worked behind the counter, I just was blown away by the service that she provided. At yeah. McDonald's, I was like, whoa, this is unbelievable. Like, she was just, can I do this, do this? You know, and she did, She was just, it was like, I, I, I left going, she's made to work here. That's crazy. Like, the, the way <laughs> she is, is so good at this. Like, maybe, and, and that sounds like I'm I'm maybe even being degrading to her. She couldn't move up. Of course she could, but I'm just saying, why can't we fit people in where right. they are? It's and just so weird. Yeah, You're right. Like, think- Google would, wouldn't waste that potential yeah, and stuff. Some somebody that really understood the human value, like the human values, are not about to. We we're not anywhere near uh, maxing out human value. Yeah. What I'm what I'm predicting is we're nowhere near tapping into human value right. yet. That's what I. That's what's kind of illuminating right. to me. Like there will be a way to empower people with technology that will just blow your mind of what they're able to do. That's interesting. Is There's something is, completely is, does uh does that go hand in hand with increase of robots too or would only one be right that's super interesting no there'd there be different but i'm saying i i don't know i'm not i i'd have to think about that to, to weigh in on what that means if ai or whatever but i'm just saying in the very near future to empower humans with training engineering and technology the uh, what they what they can do is just tra- it's just transcendent in a way that i hadn't really realized before but it kind of sums up the theory of the st- of 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 how I like to work, like uh, what my goal is, is to get other people working together toward what they want to do and find their motivation and have them doing a good job. They'll do better than you could ever task them to do. The old way is a manager tasking people, and the older way before that was a master owning people, forcing them to build the pyramids or whatever it is. Right. And then the the future is going to be like you empower a, a human with a brain and a soul and say 
go. Here are your resources, and you won't believe what's going to come out. Right. You're just not going to believe it. And so, uh, on the contrary, abusing or containing or frustrating or putting in a box a human is like, oh, it, it's, it's so bad. It's just such the wrong thing to, to do. To, to, you know, the way you might treat a kid or, or you know, it probably right. is going to, I'm probably going to wind up thinking stuff about the education system is very negative if I keep talking. So right. I'm going to stop. Well, but, I think what you're saying is true. Like, maybe it's really going to get there to where people are realizing, wait a minute. There's potential and things that will come out of letting humans be instead of this proprietary thing where we go, wait, you have to work here. You have to work eight hours a day and you need to be here at the office and then you yep. eat lunch this and then you do this, this and this. And everybody goes, wait a minute. But I mean, now obviously you need some systems, you need some, some formatting and, and, and rules. I'm not saying that, but there has to be a little bit of something where people can be themselves yeah. and do their schedules yeah. well, and how they the work, and it, it'll be beneficial that. to everybody. My wife's boss is in Chicago. He works all over the world. She goes in the office or doesn't. Nobody, and, and they ask her at her review every year, what do you want to be doing next year? And she tells them her career goals. Yeah. It's, and she doesn't have anybody ever look at her, check her time clock or nothing. She works way harder than she would if she was trying to get out of right. Like get off early. Right. Like that's not even doesn't even cross her mind. Yeah. So it's just kind of. I mean, I, I grew up in the South, and it was like you manage. And like, my, I'm like, how do you not? Right. How does your boss not manage you? Is he getting mad if you're doing this or that or whatever? But no, yeah. he just trusts her, and now she flourishes. I mean, that's just amazing. Like anyway, I realized that because our stream was incredibly successful, and it wasn't me. I did not do it. I just thought it was great. So thank you to everybody who watched the stream or gave us tips or bought our surprise album. That's uh, Emory yeah. uh, Live Acoustic in Houston. You can get it from us right now. That was a, kind of a, a thrill to be able to release a surprise album and do all this stuff. But it's only possible because of, like, motivated people doing doing their own thing and part of this BC system. So crazy. Matt, you are very inspiring right now. I've been inspired is all I'm telling you. I wanted to share yeah. a little bit. And you we got to take a break here. Yeah, too, I'm so. inspired to take a break. That's what I was gonna I'm say. inspired to go pee. So let's take a break. <laughs> we'll come right back. All right, guys, we have been talking about Blue Apron for months and months and months. And I just want to keep talking about it because it really is that good. You need to know how to cook. Not only do you feel like you know your way around the kitchen, but cooking at home means eating healthier and saving money instead of ordering expensive takeout again. But where do you start in your kitchen? If you're like me and don't know anything about cooking, and if you're like my wife who has three kids and a job and you don't know where to find the time to cook even when you enjoy it, what do you do? Blue Apron steps in, delivers unbelievably amazing meals right to your door with just awesome, awesome explanation cards of uh, recipes, cards to just show you exactly how to make everything. And honestly, it's basically uh, less than $10 per meal. Blue Apron delivers all of those fresh ingredients that you need to create these home-cooked meals, and all you have to do is follow the easy step-by-step instructions. It's kind of almost a hack in there that, that, that I don't think they mind me telling you, and that is you actually get training a on how hack. to cook. Yeah, and you get to keep the, these cards with these detailed instructions and all the ingredients that you clearly is right. designed for you to go back and repeat yourself. I think they uh, even don't mind that, that the idea that they're actually training you to cook, that's like an added value on top of the fact that they yeah. send you the meal. So you really do learn from it. It's a really good deal. And I tell you what I've been way on lately is they usually will have a fish option or a fish that comes uh, one every week or two weeks. And there's one I'm really excited about. This is like a perfect meal for me. There's a seared salmon with asparagus and new potato hash and creamy aioli. 
That is awesome. I, I am starting to get way, way more into fish for some reason. I guess it's because I've been eating keto and I eat a bunch of meat, so I just get tired of hamburger or whatever it is. And so getting fish right. and different things and salmon and being able to have uh, interesting ways to make different varieties of meat is just it's great. And so I'm really excited about that meal. And that is what is so cool about Blue Apron is Matt's talking about fish and what he's going to eat. My wife, a lot, most of the time, mostly eats vegetarian a lot of times. So what's so cool about Blue Apron is no matter what your dietary preference, it makes it a breeze to discover and prepare dishes, all kinds of dishes. Yep. So right in your own kitchen, cook with ingredients that you've never used before, like watermelon radishes or farro or purple potatoes, which I had never had before Blue Apron, and now I am almost addicted to purple potatoes. I love them. Um, and recipes are between 500 to 700 calories per portion. Delicious and good for you. Right now, you can get your first two meals for free at blueapron.com slash badchristian. That's blueapron.com slash badchristian. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. And we're back. Yes. Joey? Yes. How was your break? What'd you do while we yeah. were on break? Joey, do you, do you consider every break now a sabbatical? Like, do you tell how, people how like, was that even if we sabbatical a, from the podcast? Right. Uh, when we went? I mean, it wasn't long enough. Uh, I'm used to long. <laughs> Did you feel recharged? Not enough? Yeah, I don't feel recharged. I wasn't um, by myself long enough. I definitely need a lot longer yeah. now. So it's going to be tough. I went and peed in my backyard, which I live in the city, so it's not even... And I'm barely away, able to get away with it. It's like I think one of the best joys in life is being outdoors, and I can just barely get away with it living in the city. Nice. But it's at least a little bit of a thrill. Nice. I was just going to say how I really do think you guys are going to. Uh, no, no. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate you saying that. <laughs> you guys are going to notice a different Joey. Like, I definitely think that uh, there's some. Wow. There's some permanent changes there. Wait, you're forever changed? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> from your you, the sabbatical break from your the podcast or from the pastor you. sabbatical? No, first of all, I didn't sabbatical from the podcast. It just looked differently. I stayed very much so involved, you bastard. Secondly, uh, I really do feel like the Holy Spirit uh, has used this time paired with uh, some of the professional counseling that I got the second week. Uh, as well as talking to uh, some pastors and that sort of thing. Like, I, I, I don't know. I feel like I, for one, I feel like I've walked away from the, the people-pleasing mentality once and for all. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah? Well, say something shitty about me and then just move on without <laughs> apologizing. See, that's, that's such a lame-o <laughs> uh, distinction. You, so you just basically... He did call you a lame-o. <laughs> yeah, I am a lame-o. You're right, man. I respect that, too. <laughs> Keep moving. So anyway, and just uh, I think identifying my propensity to 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 almost be thinking through, I've got to uh, protect what people perceive of me. You know what I'm saying? Just things that you things uh -huh. that you guys naturally don't struggle with. <laughs> I naturally do. Struggle I'm putting with. background music for you because it sounds like kind of epic that you're. <laughs> Yeah, keep going. This song's called "It's Carrie Underwood's Forever Changed." <laughs> <laughs> keep talking. Tell us about your transformation. Well, lastly, I feel like I am way more equipped. Where's the background music? I think we'll get sued. If are I you play really too long. doing? Uh, are you really not going to be a people pleaser anymore? I, I'm just saying. First of all, I think your mentality of not people pleasing is potentially being like 
jaded and mean. <laughs> so you and I will always be different from a standpoint of I, I have like a natural pastoral thing in me that I, I can't describe any other way. You don't. That doesn't make one of us better or worse. Just we're different. But I think as far as my unhealthy slant towards people pleasing and just how I, I just recognize how big of a deal that is. Uh, and I don't even realize it. Like, I don't even realize a lot of the burden is me trying to put, uh, put it this way. I, I, I was describing it <laughs> this way. So I, and the, the less out of a hundred people, there's right. out of a hundred people, there's two people that would be like, hell yeah, I really appreciate what Joey just went, you know, above and beyond in and, and making us happy, blah, blah, blah. The 98 others, they don't care. Like it didn't matter if, if anything, they would right. rather Joey to chill and don't worry about it. Well, the two out of the hundred, those are the people that have you too high of a pedestal or have way too high of expectations anyway. So it's like the people, For the people sure. that really care about me are the ones that I really need to be thinking about, uh, you know, right. when it, but anyway, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I, I do feel like I'm yeah. able to connect a lot more dot dots in fact, I felt like at one point I was going to have to come on here and say, okay, guys, my cover's blown. You guys have been right all along. Um, there is a thought that can be uh, traced every single time I get depressed because I started just to get really good at it. However, here's how I will articulate it. I think that there probably 90% of the time is a thought linked to it, but sometimes I just I don't even know what it is because it it just came so natural, you know. But um, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. But anyway, I'm just able to connect a lot more of the dots, which is helping a lot. I mean, I would say I've definitely been depressed a lot less the last five weeks. So wow, I, I already was doing well, you know what I'm saying? So uh, that's that's even and the and the key is simple: just being a jerk to more people. There you go, man. That's what that's what yep. you're saying. Just I gotta. I got to go from people pleasing to not giving a shit. That's right. <laughs> Dude, I'm so proud of you. Um, you are an inspiration to me and to millions of people right now. So I love you, Joy. So, uh, yeah, the message is clear. Anybody out there struggling with depression or anything like that, take, five, a shit. take five weeks <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. You're right. I, you know, and just go on vacation for five weeks. Sure, sure. You're a neurosurgeon. People are counting on you. Take five weeks. Right. Off. If you're a plumber, whatever it is, right. if you you're living paycheck to paycheck, hoping that minimum wage increase goes through, but you're depressed. Right. Take hey, five weeks. I'm off. I'm very appreciative of of my church doing that. I'm no, I know you are. I know you. We're joking, but that is really cool that you. So you do you think that this sabbatical would you say the big takeaway is you learned a lot about yourself? Is that what this is? You found yourself? Um, yeah. I, I've definitely, like, that That sec, you know, the first week being by myself and getting that counseling, I think, was a huge catalyst of uh, metacognition at, and just having way more of an awareness of how my mind operates. Like, because I'm, I'm reading a book that it's pretty cutting-edge research findings on uh you know counseling and thought patterns and stuff and so it's it's pretty unorthodox 
practices that that are fairly new but i mean it makes yeah. a lot of of sense like i'll, I'll throw this at you so yeah. uh a baby can look at a picture and if you pinch that baby every single time he looks mm-hmm. at the picture he's going to eventually start looking at that picture and start to cry cuz he's anticipating a pinch we're the only species on the in on the face of the earth that can go reverse with the connection. So in other words, that picture from that point on, like we're the only ones that can actually react to that emotionally, like out of fear, like not like an innate deal, but like actually emotionally reacting to it. And so, you know, just having that in mind and then figuring out how to make those disconnections is, I don't know, it's, it's been helpful. Yeah, that's the hard thing about therapy because you yeah. do have to spend time to undo something. So if Joey got a certain way where he said feels this, I mean, you spent you know thirty five years getting the way right. you are. So even if you identify it correctly now, you can't undo it. Your brain's like a big onion. I mean, you're specifically because your head looks like right. an onion, but everybody's head is mind is an uh, onion with all these layers and it's just put together the way it is. So even if you identify what's wrong with it, it's really hard to undo it. I mean, it takes practice, maybe on the, of the same order of magnitude that you put into developing those habits and thought patterns and stuff in the first place. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear, man. Yeah. So by the time you're 60, if you if you can get all your problems worked out now, by the time you're 60 or 70, you should be in good yeah, shape. Yeah, and I won't care anymore. I won't give a shit. No, it doesn't matter anyway. Hell yeah, dude. Unless you're like your grandma, which you probably have a good chance of being. Which one? The one that can't think anymore? No, the the one that still has her brain, but is cares about her liver but might pass away at any second um i think i think you'll be that way i don't think you're going to be an old man in parties i just don't think so i think you're going to be no, pretty careful uh, well, no because i want people to leave me the hell alone it's not because i want to be careful yeah sure i just don't want to be around people all right cool all right let's get to the news i got some good stuff here. Yeah, let's do it kick the music in, in a, a world. world that big old shiny world that world that goes around the sun. Where where uh, you've been worried for years and years and years about your friend, and then out of nowhere, a God thing happens and he's forever changed. That is what the truth is Hell about. Hell to the My yeah. Friend, Hell to the yeah. I mean, you would have to admit a God thing happened. Hell to the JC yeah. All right. That's what I'm talking about. This is the damn news of Toby Morrell. Y'all ready? Let's do it. All right. My first bit of news here, guys, I wanted to, is topical and it is leading me to a thought. So I'm going to read it first and then um, we'll. Wait, so we'll you're, let me there. just make sure I heard that correctly. You're reading something that led okay. you to a thought. So what you're reading right no, now had, led you I to a, a thought. I had a thought. I had a thought. I'm just confused. And, oh, I guess. Yeah, I guess you're right. So I, I read this and news. It led you to a thought. So then, are you going to let us know what that thought and, is? It led me to a thought. Yes, I'm going to okay, tell you. I'm looking thought. forward to the thought, honestly, is what I'm really looking forward to. No. All right. You, yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about, FC. Love- that's, your, that's your new nickname, hey, FC. Forever Matt's change. new trademark, when he's really upset about the direction, he goes, okay. It's not a, okay. Not upset. Okay. Bored. When I'm bored and I say, okay. Forever changed. All right, here we go. Darren Patrick removed from Acts 29 megachurch for oh, historical gosh. pattern of sin. Oh, and this comes from Christianity Today. This now, is Jimmy thing. Swaggart and Darren, Jim Baker all over again with him and Driscoll. Darren Patrick, Darren Patrick is uh, the or was the vice president of Acts 29 oh, church, which 
I guess it was basically started by Mars Hill, Mark Driscoll, Matt Chandler, oh, all man. those the, uh, out of Texas and all that stuff. Darren Patrick, vice president of the Acts 29 Church Planting Network and founding pastor of the Journey Mega Church in St. Louis, which is a big church, um, has been fired for violating his duties as a pastor. The Journey cited a range of ongoing sinful behaviors over the past few years, including manipulation, oh. domineering, lack of, of biblical community, yeah. and a history of building his identity through ministry and media platforms. In a letter announcing it, its leads past its lead pastor's removal after 14 years of leadership. The church clarified that adultery was not a factor, though elders looked into an inappropriate interactions with two women. In short, I am completely devastated. Um, I am a completely devastated man, utterly broken by my sin and in need of deep healing, said Patrick in an apology to his 3,000 person congregation. The way that the journey elders have demonstrated their desire to see me restored to Jesus, as well as their love for me, Amy, and our family, is nothing short of a miraculous and beyond graciousness. Patrick, the author of The Dude's Guide to Manhood and Church Planner, will no longer hold any internal or external leadership positions. He has accepted financial support from the church for an undisclosed period of time, and he and his wife will undergo counseling. The 45-year-old pastor also served as a council member for the Gospel Coalition, uh, blah, 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 blah. Regarding his miscontact, I don't want to read anymore. Um, so this guy basically sounds like a, another Driscoll-type thing where, it, you know, what did it say, manipulation, no biblical community, basically kind of separating himself, power, all that this, stuff. This guy now, had, it, it sounds, didn't he have a lot to do with Driscoll, the Driscoll situation? Like, isn't this a friend of Driscoll's? Me, uh, I think they used to be. I don't know if they are anymore. Maybe they're back together now because they've kind of gone through the same thing. I'm not really sure about all that. But um, what I would say is what's interesting is now you have two high-profile pastors who have gone through the same thing that isn't drug addiction, isn't lying, or uh, it's not sex outside of marriage. Or or what, right, right, right. There's no, there's no big thing. This is a thing where people said, hey, you are being manipulative or mean yep. or, you know, wielding some power here and there. And so there's two sides to this that have really been kind of freaking me out a little bit. One is, okay, wow, everybody at least finally is starting, it's getting more publicized that you, there is that, that it's yeah, a real absolutely. thing. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of cool that there like is, this wouldn't have worked. And you can get on to your next point, but this wouldn't have happened two years ago because it wouldn't have been on people's radar right. maybe until Driscoll. And we're not talking about right. it. And sometimes people say, I'm tired of you talking about Driscoll. And I go, Oh yeah, we should talk about that less. But then I think, no, talk about whatever I want to. Right. That's true. So I'm going to talk about whatever I want to. Hell but, yeah, man. Um, and you could figure out whatever you want to yeah, figure eat out. Shit. <laughs> yeah. But, but I don't think before the, the Driscoll or Mars Hill thing, that this would have been on anybody's radar. So it's kind of interesting. And my opinion is, on one hand, Driscoll's going to get away with whatever, and just I don't think it's ever going to matter. But I'm kind of encouraged to hear that there might be a, a situation now where people recognize these patterns going forward, and they will be recognized earlier and quicker, and less right. harm will be caused. So that's kind right. of interesting unintended consequence, I would say. And it's just like I, I, people probably now are more skeptical, for instance, of Catholic priests than they were 50 years ago, right? right? Well, I guess that's a good thing that we, we we have that in our brains to know to look out for it. And so then this might be the beginning of a trend of people being disqualified for being bullies and jerks and domineering right. and power mongers. That might be, right. this might be the beginning of that. Now so we're going to start to see it everywhere. So there's some really good things in that. Now, the reverse side of that is our 
pastor is now going to kind of get their balls clipped a little bit and not be able to actually call people on their shit. Like, that's I, a really good point. You know what I mean? Like that that's what's going to be really a little bit weird because one of the the roles of a pastor is to say, "Hey, whoa, what are you doing here?" You, I mean, the way the way you're doing it, well, you can't, you know, uh he was mean right. to me right. or or he manipulated me yeah. and I, you know, yeah, I was going through a rough time, but this guy was really a jerk or too tough or yeah. wielded his power and stuff. So there's going to be that really negative benefit uh thing that happens because of like what whatever happened with Driscoll or whatever happened with the, with this guy Darren Patrick that now people can use that. It sets a precedent, a precedent of, oh yeah, my pastor's mean, so let's get rid of him. <laughs> you're right. You know what that? You know what sucks about that is you're right because first of all, I like people that are bold anyway. Like right. I've always been attracted to that in general. Like at least those pastors are bold. Right. And now if pastors are notoriously the opposite of bold. Right. I don't. I'll, I'll let you think of a word right. for it. But well, the pa- number one thing you hate is people just they're nice to be nice. Like passive is a decent p word for it, but yeah, like passive people that are people pleasers is is who a lot of pastors are, and I don't like that anyway. Right. So part of me, yeah, if if we're gonna further limit pastors by saying like being threatening of the fact that they might be bullies, that actually I think is a negative thing in a way. But you know what it really means is something else that I've said before, and it probably will help push it down that road. You know what it really means is that the whole pastoral role will become more like a controlled uh, uh, or i guess political is the word for it like you can't be this because you'll be this you can't right. be this so you'll be this so you got to make sure you're here and so it'll wind up being that you have to appeal to the constituency and not do things right wrong or this can be seen as this if you act this way so right. pastors are going to be uh, unfortunately the downside is going to have to become more diplomatic Right versus telling the truth, well, it maybe. might be then I don't know. even more watered down. It's, it might it's, it's be. I don't really know. It, there's a danger there. It's going to be the PC police right. are going to try and shut down pastors. Hey, you can't say that because that's hurtful. That's interesting because I that's think there's mean. good arguments on both sides that we could recognize right. it. But also, if it causes more sometimes people, sometimes you to do be need to be a little tough. Sometimes falsely diplomatic, do to need to hold people career, accountable. Though. Say, hey, you need to cut that shit yeah. out. That that's yeah. a good thing think, for people to I hear. I think that there will definitely be bumps in the road along the lines of what you're talking about with people saying, "Oh, he was just mean," but. If there is even a hint of healthy community, I mean, imagine this playing out like at our church, Toby, let's say that uh, one of our elders uh, goes to the church and just says, Joey's been a bully. He's been telling, I mean, you immediately would be able to say, oh, that's, that's bullshit. Like I've actually been around Joey a lot, but then somebody can come in and say, oh, well, Toby's the best friend. Of course, he's going to stand up. Next thing you know, you can have right. five or six people saying, whoa, whoa, wait a second. This is just not true. Joey hasn't been shown. So I think that would probably work itself out most of the time. But then you've got crazy. I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, but it might make you say, now, first of all, you're not a tough jerk pastor type. But if you even had that tendency at all, you might become start to become more aware before you enact church discipline against a female. Uh, like you had to, you're going to be on the lookout now. Right. Like, well, that might make me look really bad. Yeah. Because, yeah. You know, and now you're not right. operating out of real truth, but public perception. I mean, and which and I, I'm just saying, it kind of with the precedent now set, people are going to tend to go, yeah, now people are going to lean way harder on, wait, he did say that, and he shouldn't have said that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, sure, she, yeah, sure, that guy was cheating on his wife, but, I mean, he he did, he shouldn't have said the way he said it, like, to stop right now and don't don't treat her that way. That that was kind of tough. Like, it's just, I think that is going to happen more and more because we do live in a culture that is – trying to be this so p this pc say the right thing like on on college campuses like shutting down comedians shutting down free speech and stuff like that and it's really a really negative bad thing because the truth is you don't have to listen to any of these pastors yeah 
You know, like if a pastor tells you something you don't like, just go, okay, I don't like that. See ya. That doesn't mean anything about you, but I mean, the, people are going to say, well, no, I, they're going to, I, I just, I it's do worry complicated about that. I do worry for about sure. That's, right. that's that interesting. makes this question even more interesting. What do you, do you think that people that are picketing at big Trump gatherings, do you think their motivation is a little more uh, merited just because they're thinking this dude is actually dangerous? So for them, not picketing is almost like surrendering. Do you think they have any more ground in doing what they're doing? You totally lost me. I have no, no idea what you're about. Let's do another news story. Oh. <laughs> all right, moving on. Uh, all right, this comes from Roving Reporter. This, this is probably all the time. This is probably the last one we yeah, got here. Let's move on. I'm ready to uh, eat dinner. Roving Reporter, uh, Tyler Fannin sent this in, and I thought this, this kind of goes along exactly with what we've been talking about this whole podcast. Um, so it's a great way to end. Uh, this comes from Fox 28. Death from ruptured testicle leads to murder charge. Oh. I mean, this is exactly like uh, church policy and all that. <laughs> what we've been talking about. I mean, this is what we, I mean, sabbaticals, all that stuff, ruptured. Uh, an Ohio man accused of kicking another man in his testicles during a 2013 robbery has been charged with murder in the injured man's death following a gangrene infection. Uh. A grand jury in Cleveland this week indicted 58-year-old Jackie Pierce on charges of murder, felonious assault, and robbery in the 2013 death of Willie Cannon. Police report Pierce demanded money from Cannon on May 11, 2013, repeatedly kicked Cannon in the testicles when he refused and then took money from Cannon's pocket. Authorities say the kick ruptured Cannon's testicle, which developed the infection, and Cannon died June 8th, 2013. Court records don't list an attorney who could comment on his behalf, a message, blah, blah, blah. Um, so here's the thing. Only thing I, I want to ask, and, and Joey, you might can answer this question. If you were to kick me in the testicle and it ruptured, right? right the gangrene comes from the, the ruptured not being taken care right. of. Right, so did the guy that got kicked in the nuts not go to the hospital? I was going to say bad medical like care. So if you think about it in this way, uh, a lot of times you – have an injury and then a lot of amputations for instance come from there would be a secondary infection from right. the injury and then you wind up losing the limb or whatever so sure. it would look like poor medical care being more of the culprit of the guy's death than the kick in the nuts because you can die like for instance right. i believe jack daniels died from getting an infection or gangrene or something because he forgot the combination that this is the urban legend at least it may or may not be true but um couldn't remember the combination to a safe, kicked it, and then hurt his toe, which wound up getting an infection and dying from, oh. from that. Because, you know, and so and when you get an infection, certain types of infection, you have to do whatever. So if he didn't get good medical care, that seems like more the culprit than a kick right. in the nuts. Right. Now, so, I'm not defending kicking anybody in the nuts, however. But That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, if the guy wouldn't have died, maybe it was a, a crime, but it would have been a very short thing. So right. I don't know how you can Simple be held accountable for that. It seems like, yeah, I don't know. Right. Was the charge manslaughter or murder? What was it? Yeah, murder. Murder? Yeah. Not manslaughter, surely. I missed it when you said it. Uh, I would think it would be charged with murder. In the that's in, insane. Yeah, that's what he was charged. Yeah, with. that sounds that sounds murder e and felonious assault. And yeah, it's certainly assault. I mean, you can't kick somebody in the nuts. Yeah, I just but. don't know if that you could be held accountable for his murder because the guy, I mean, wasn't injured enough not to go to the hospital. I, I thought it manslaughter is Unless he appropriate. died immediately, but you don't get gangrene immediately, right? No, it takes a what
and you didn't go to the doctor and it got super infected and you die, you can't put that on the person because right. you're the dumbass that didn't go to the doctor. Or was this... Uh, yeah, I don't know if you went to the doctor or, or not. Or could you make know, a case yeah, for this like guy that. to say that he, well, he just didn't know how serious it was? Yeah, but the guy didn't... There was no intent of murder. I did. I did yeah, all right. So at least I, manslaughter is what you get if you have accidentally crash into somebody, involuntary manslaughter. Manslaughter even is when... You kill somebody from doing a egregious action, and they wind up dying, even though you were doing something bad. And involuntary is when you didn't even have any intent, and they died. So I don't say I'll murder. I thought I would assume murder includes intent yeah. to kill. Yeah. yeah, I definitely don't think that's murder. Is the way I would look at that. Now, on a side note, don't you think one of the coolest mysteries to in the world is trying to explain to a woman what it's like to get kicked in the nuts? Yeah. It's just so – I love that. I just love that. Like, my wife's asked me. Girls have asked me. I'm like, no, okay, you don't understand. It hurts really bad. But they, and they go, okay, so like it hurts really bad. But there's some quality to getting your nuts hurt that transcends it right. hurts. You know what I mean? Like it's so deep and so weird what that pain is and how you feel when your nuts are accosted or, or whatever it is. And it's so bizarre to me that there's, I don't think there's any way for a female to understand. <laughs> right. What are you going to tell? What do you tell them? Like, well, it, it's like anything else that hurts except for it's in its whole other. So category. I would, I would, it, I would take like, a stab at it. I would say like a rapidly increased pain in the same way that a bruise develops, except this one's multiplied by a million and but it's in its category all its own right there's no you can't explain a pain that could happen to your toe that would really be related or to your ear or to your elbow there there's no there's nothing that that can really relate what that panic feeling I, I don't even know how to describe it but i know every guy knows exactly yeah. what i'm talking about and i don't know if it's relatable to explain to a woman yeah it's really i i, I like that 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 like that's some it's just an experiential thing. Maybe their ovaries are even more painful, but they're just protected. No, it's not. Is that, it's not is that something that identifies you as a male? That I'm you not know trying what to answer like any to... kind of transgender <laughs> questions here, but yeah, you could go there with it. Uh, like you're saying, no, what you said is a woman does not know what it's like to be kicked in the balls. I don't think she can know. A male does not know what it's like to have a period. They cannot. Yeah, so right. I, that's right. all I'm that saying. Might be there is no, there is there, no yeah. way. There is no way to right, know. Right. Yeah. Unless you are, in fact, a male or a female. That is a purely masculine. I, I'm suppose, I suppose you could challenge the gender binary and say no, there, no, there's people saying. that are born in some way that's ambiguous or both or something. Right. But in general, at least, I would say it, it's just I, I enjoy that mystery. That, that it's, right. It's that, kind that, of crazy. You can't really explain it to a woman. Interesting. All right. That's the damn news, guys. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, I got some damn names for the damn news coming damn right up. You got Garrett Piffer. James Wilcox, Stephen Zuick, or it could be Stefan because it looks kind of like a foreign name, Wesley Venable, Mark Hancock, <laughs> Nathan, <laughs> Nathan Jewett, Kevin, Kevin Chambers, Sienna Dolphin, Caleb Santana, Jason M. Baton, Stephen Devalos, Thomas Zanuto, and Louis James, or it could be Louis James, two first name name. That's pretty cool. Um, we thank you guys. Badchristian.com forward slash contribute. Um, Matt, take it away. Well, I do want to say it's, it's crazy. You know, the amount of people that I meet that say to me, oh, dude, like I met a bunch of people this week at the shows. And they're like, 
a bunch of BC Club members, first of all, and then a bunch of people that say, love the podcast, I'm not in the BC Club yet. What the? Which I think is funny, because I guess they're going to. Right. But I mean, but, they're, they're, but I think it's neat, because they're saying they're aware of it, and I think we'll eventually get them. But I would encourage you guys to get in the club, just if you've been thinking about it at all, just go ahead and do yeah. it. You will like it, and especially because you get in the Facebook group, which is actually pretty pretty good little community they made we made a joke about devin during the live stream it was uh we made the hashtag of but devin somebody did and i can't even remember what the what was the joke there we were saying something and it made the it precipitated the but devin hashtag what was that it was i think one of the ladies at the <laughs> live stream was asking a question and she she actually I thought she was the one, but yeah. Devin. Yeah, she said something. Makes it way better. But she's like, I was thinking about coming good, to the but, show, but, and I but, like Emery, but, but Devin. But Devin. And so we made. I made a joke about that, and then the PC Club picked it up, and they've been doing making a bunch of jokes and memes and stuff about that. But it really is a good community. And if you're hesitating in joining, I would just say go ahead and do it. We love it. Uh, Taylor told me today, too, that every time that we take a bold stance and say something or do something, like he was watching the tip thing that we were doing while we were doing the broadcast, he said – the two times that I mentioned people tipping us online, crazy amounts of people did it, and his phone was blowing up because he gets notifications oh, for man, stuff like that. Cool. Yep. And it's weird because I feel guilty, and here's the truth. I feel dumb about saying we're jerks, we're dumb, we don't know anything, but I think you should join the BC Club. or so. I, I don't know what it is. Like us not taking ourselves seriously kind of makes me not want to actually make a call for people to join the club, but I think – you should join the club. Like this is a real thing. You should join the BC club because you will like. Yeah, there's. It. You will enjoy being in that community. You will. It, it, you really just should. If, especially if you've been thinking about it, just do it. I'm. I'm actually asking you to do it right now. I feel dumb saying that, but you should. There's actually some physical groups that are developing through this. In fact, I saw a new in uh, group Des Moines. There's a bunch of bad Christian clubbers yeah. that are getting together. So yeah, we met. We met some of them. There's like a kind of a group in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Hey, there's a masturbation episode on Pastor with No Answers, so you'll have to go check. <laughs> well, how did how did your brain switch over from that? Is it just that I was doing something that seemed promotional or a plug, and you thought? No, I just was trying to end the episode <laughs> with something. <laughs> <laughs> so, so no matter. <laughs> That's a new episode. Did you record that on your sabbatical? Uh, yeah, I I looked. So, at- so let me see here. Let me just. Let me just do a rundown list real quick. Okay. So on your sabbatical, you feel like forever changed. Yeah. You <laughs> got some therapy. You, your big thoughts were what? Like, uh, what, what was what were your big popcorn thoughts that you massage. had? The massage. Me, even though it's uncomfortable to talk to men and you don't like them touching you, that you have a better chance of a good massage. <laughs> and also... Masturbation, masturbation, masturbation. <laughs> and, old, and old people are unattractive. Un, unattractive yeah. old people. <laughs> Thank you, Seacoast, for my sabbatical. <laughs> You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.